What's going on, Trophy Kids? we got an awesome one for you today. We were talking AFC East. We're breaking down every team, giving our opinions, giving you some information to look ahead for in the season. I do apologize for the audio. It does get a little laggy. We, we're making a switch to a different software next week, uh, but I do apologize ahead of time. Hopefully, you can power through it because there's a lot of good information in there. We're also giving our thoughts on the NBA Finals. It's a good one. Let's go. Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is July 23rd. We are back for another breakdown. We are breaking down the AFC East today. I brought back Michael as always. How are we doing today, good sir? Great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am uh, quite excited for this one just because it is... The division's an interesting division. I, it, it's, I think it's a little top-heavy. There's some interesting, you know, are their teams going to regress? Are teams going to make a push? Because they were setting up for the end of the season to make a push kind of stuff. But... Before we dive into it, big breaking news today. The NFL has put the hammer down on COVID this year. Um, it is quite causing quite a controversy on Twitter right now. DeAndre Hopkins has weighed in. Uh, I think Judon weighed in on the Pats. I saw Leonard Fournette of the Bucks weigh in. The NFL has essentially come out and said, if you're an unvaccinated player and there's an outbreak on a team due to unvaccinated players, they're, and they have to reschedule that game, and they cannot fit it in. They're not going to make any huge effort to do it. They will forfeit that game. They will. Everybody will lose the paycheck for that week, including the opposing team, which seemed a little harsh. Um, and basically said, either get vaccinated or you run the risk of getting for, some forfeits. What are your initial thoughts? I did a very quick summarization of that. There was a big memo. I'm sure you all seen it on Twitter. Initial thoughts on this and kind of the direction everybody's taking with it. Well, my initial thoughts as a Washington football team fan who I think has been highlighted as one of the two least vaccinated teams, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, there's some serious penalties. You know, I don't want to get into like, you know, the feelings on it, like how I think maybe they're kind of harsh. Maybe they're not because, you know, they probably should be get vaccinated, but uh, they're not. They're, the NFL clearly this year is not playing around. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into, like, a politicalization of this. I will say, real quick, quick note, for people who are like, you know, where's the NFL at in the vaccination rate? Um, I saw today more than 75 players have been vaccinated or in the process of being vaccinated, vaccinated per the league. More than half the teams in the league have a vaccination rate than 80% of their players. Which is an important note because people are going after the NFL Players Association. Like, why didn't they shut this down? And I think the simple answer would be they looked at the numbers and said the majority of our players are vaccinated. Majority rule wins here. We're not gonna we're not gonna go in. They have a lot other kind of bigger fish to fry in a way. The players who don't want to get vaccinated are obviously pissed. Um, I view it as this: the NFL is essentially saying they are doing exactly what I sort of thought they said. They are one of the biggest businesses in the country. There are millions upon millions of dollars on the line. And they basically said, we're not going to allow you to jeopardize our ability to make profit this year and put on games because you don't want to be vaccinated. Now, you can choose to risk it and not be vaccinated. But if you do and then you get COVID and you spread it to your team, then we're going to drop the hammer on you, which they're well in their rights. The, the weird part is when, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is coming out here throwing out tweets like freedom question mark and talking about, you know, whether or not he'll retire. And I simply say, you have the freedom to do that. You have the freedom not to get vaccinated. They're not saying you have to be vaccinated. Otherwise right. you can't play. They're still saying you can play. You can take the risk of not being vaccinated, catching COVID and spreading it within your team. And if that happens, we're going to lay the hammer down. 
So it's a it's a strong suggestion. I'm just not very surprised is my big take that they went this route uh, because they don't want the season to be jeopardized when there is a vaccine out there that the majority of players, as I just said, have been willing to get. Yeah, I mean, it is fully accessible now. Everyone in the country can get the vaccine. Season doesn't start officially until September. So, yeah, it's not a shock to hear that the league is coming down harshly on something that can be prevented. Yep. It'll be interesting with lines, too. I would assume, I haven't looked at the betting lines, but from a betting perspective, I would assume some win totals might be adjusted for teams like the football team if they're very not vaccinated. The Bills, Cole Beasley, I know, is very outspoken. I would assume the Cardinals betting line. I didn't take a look because I was reading this stuff right before we recorded. I'm sure that's going to take a nosedive here on the win total because if Hop can't go, then, you know, that's a big big chunk of their offense because, I mean, yes, they have... A.J. Brown, but he'll probably be hurt by week eight. So, you know, it's a big wide receiver to lose. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I like is these players thinking, I mean, I get it. Hey, I'm all for players doing kind of what they want, quote unquote. Um, I'm for vaccinations. I think you should just get vaccinated, but I'm not going to kind of dive into that worst sports show here. But I do like how, you know, some players are threatening to retire as if the NFL is even going to bat an eye at that. They're like, yeah, every year before the season even starts, a star goes down. And you know what? Like, to an injury, the league goes on. Barry Sanders retires early. The league goes on. Like, there's a thousand dudes wanting to play in the NFL. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins is a hell of an athlete. Yes, he is arguably one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver right now. Um, But the league's going to go on if he retires. No players bigger than the league. No. This ain't the UFC where Conor McGregor became bigger than the UFC or an individual sport where a player can become bigger than sport. Tiger Woods, golf, that type of thing. No, no, no. Nobody's bigger than the league here. No. Like, Tom Brady goes down. Next man up. Like, it's just like nobody is. Aaron Rodgers... Yes, it's a big controversy, but the league's going to go on. We'll be we'll be okay without him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, enough of that. Let's get into the actual football breakdowns. We're starting with the AFC or AFC East. Hey, we're not starting with them. We started with the North last week. Jumble my words there. We're starting with the Jets because everything is new with them. I mean, they got rid of the dumpster fire coach in Adam Gase. He, I think, rumor has it is coaching high school football now. Like he isn't even in the NFL. I don't think he'll. I know for certain he. I, I shouldn't say no for certain. I would be willing to bet anything that Adam Gase will never be head coach again in the NFL. He might get an NFL job, but he is out. The entire coaching staff has been reshuffled here. You have new quarterback, all new coaches, a ton of new talent. Where do we kind of stand here on the Jets and and initial thoughts here? I mean, my initial thoughts are these are going to kind of be the same old Jets. Um they have a pretty easy schedule, but I don't think it overly matters that much. I do like the coaching staff that they brought in. And, you know, they went and they got Zach Wilson. But I think he's going to take some time to develop. Um, there's not a ton of talent around him. Corey Davis is exciting. He got paid a pretty good amount of money. But he's never produced, like, elite numbers. So we'll have to see if he's able to do that, you know, with this opportunity in the Jets. They have Jamison Crowder, who's pretty decent but ideally Crowder's like a third or fourth option you want on like an ideal star heavy offense um one thing i thought was kind of funny is i did look at this roster and i was just like some of these players i'm just like who i don't even know who that is like they're starting tight end 
Christopher Henderson that I saw or whatever. I never knew who he was. I went on Google and I looked him up. First, he came up, it was like a, a murderer. And I was like, well, let, me, let me just narrow the search down. So I did NFL and they brought up CJ Henderson on the Jags. I was like, well, that's not him. So I did NFL Jets and I finally found out who, who he was. I don't, I, you know, no disrespect to him. He's, he's better at life than me. He's a professional athlete, but I have no idea who he was. So I don't know. I, I think this is kind of going to be the, the same old same old Jets kind of thing. Um, their offensive line is kind of poor. They didn't really do much to address it. They kind of addressed the defense, but I don't think that's enough to really bring this team together to actually compete very much. I think they're a few years away, and I just think Zach Wilson's going to struggle initially. Yeah, I'd agree with kind of all of that. I mean, the first thing I look to is the coaching staff, which you mentioned liking that coaching staff. I like the moves that Robert Saul made. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, if you're the Jets, the initial concern anytime you hire a new head coach is how involved is he going to be in the position group he doesn't know or isn't his specialty. I would assume he's going to be pretty heavy-handed in the defensive side. So they hired Jeff uh, Earlback, who is the Atlanta LB's coach. He's a first-year first, first year defensive coordinator there. I don't put too much stock in that because I have a feeling Robert's going to be heavy-handed in the defensive side of the ball. Um, the question is, is he going to be heavy-handed in the offensive side of the ball? Because some head coaches, they are very control freaks. They take over things that they responsibilities they probably shouldn't have. You know, most head coaches need to take a, a stylish stick of approach of, I am kind of the top of the organization. I need to be focusing on some of the, not getting into the day-to-day -day of the offense or defense, but more whole-picture stuff. There are very few coaches out there. I mean, I can count on one hand, probably, coaches that can be heavy play callers and head coaches. And his hire of Mike LaFleur, I think, demonstrates that he is going to have full faith in Mike LaFleur running that offense because Mike LaFleur is a guy that he knows from his time in San Francisco. But Mike has been literally groomed by Kyle Shanahan, who is arguably one of the best play callers in the league right now. I mean, Mike got his start with Mike Shanahan, um, he was the offensive intern in Cleveland when uh, Kyle Shanahan was the OC. He then followed Shanahan to Atlanta for the 2015-2016 season where he was an offensive assistant. He then followed him to the 49ers um, where he was the passing uh, coordinator and wide receivers coach for a little bit. So like this guy, his entire NFL career from an offensive standpoint has been under one of the best play callers. I would assume based on that hire, Robert's going to kind of let him do his thing with an eye on it. Um, so that's good. They were two and fourteen last year. Their win total sits at six and a half. I think they're going under this win total. I don't think this is going to be a very good year. Like you said, they are a couple years away. Zach Wilson. I don't understand the pick because you know I look at Justin Fields, who is a very similar quarterback, and he was better in college. I would argue, and his ceiling is higher yeah. than Zach Wilson. The thing that worries me a lot about Lex, or Zach Wilson, and we've talked about this online a lot, is his time at BYU. That man never saw any pressure. Like, he just had all day no. to throw the ball. His pressure rate on draftbacks last year was only 23.9%. So, like, he had a lot of time. He's not going to have that in the NFL because the, the O-line is bad. They are making strides. If you're the Jets, you're looking a couple years out. That offense, they're doing the, th the right thing. They're trying to build an offensive line. They drafted... Uh, Vera Tucker, first round. They had Mikkel Beacon last year out of the first round. Um, Tucker was dominant in his role with the UFC. He just allowed, he had one blown block on 482 snaps. Maybe he'll be good in the NFL, but like that's a good, that's something good that you look right there. You know, a, a fun fact that surprised the shit out of me with this, and you mentioned the receiving core. Do you know the third most expensive rec receiving core in the NFL? 
Are they how? I have no idea. I mean, that is unbelievable. The Corey Davis contract is a big reason for that, but yeah, they are third most expensive wide receiving. Corey Davis. Is I don't understand his, it. Yeah, he's got a pretty big deal, but he's never had like an elite year before. So I mean, that's a little concerning to me. And I don't think they have a quarterback on the roster that's made one NFL throw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, when I looked up their quarterbacks, I. I mean, Zach Wilson, I don't even, never even heard of James Morgan, and I've never heard of Mike, Mike White. Yep. It's insane. Am I, am I missing a veteran? Do they have a veteran or no? They do not. Um, I don't know. Oh I don't gosh. know either two of those. Um, yeah, their situation yeah, is bad. No, yeah. Yeah, they're a complete yeah. rebuild. Um, I, I will say about the Corey Davis thing, he did have a good year last year. Part of that benefited from A.J. Brown being a freak. The one thing right. that I think if you're a Jets fan and you're trying to – yeah, no, James Brown was a fourth-round pick in the 2020 draft. So last year, like this last draft. So they have two two rookies. <laughs> Lovely. Wow. Um, his catch rate was pretty good. He caught 70% of the balls that were thrown to him, which is pretty good. So his hands were reliable last year. The defense, like you said, it got a little bit better because you add Carl Lawson, who was huge right. for them on the edge. I mean, he was 17th among edge rushers um, in pressure rate last year and among a leader in, in quarterback hits. Um, you're going to get C.J. Mosley back. I think the defense is going to improve next year, but the offense I, is a couple years away at minimum, which this is an offense league. The defense isn't good enough to bail out the offense. No. They're going to be the most improved group, I think, um, but that's that's a problem. <laughs> they're, they're a big under for me. Yeah. Big under. Big as well. Yeah. I, like, I don't even have to wait for preseason. I mean, it can only really get worse for them. Like... I would, I would agree. There, Get it in now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are some of these teams where I'm like, I want to see what you do in preseason, what you look like, what injuries you have. It doesn't matter for them. I'm, I'm automatically going under. Last in the division. <laughs> Let's move on to the Patriots because they are arguably my most interesting team, I think, this year. They were 7-9 and nine last season. Their win total is 9.5. They are my most interesting because last season they were the most injury plagued when you factored in COVID opt-outs plus injuries. So they never had a full roster. And this year they're getting some big players back. Plus they went big spending in free agency. So there's some they're my most interesting of how all these pieces are going to fit, what they're going to look like in this kind of somewhat re-looked team. Um, what are your initial thoughts? Where are you at with them? Yeah, I mean, you said the first thing I wrote down was odd team. They're just they're kind of an odd team, you know. I don't I don't really know what to expect, but when you look at last year, and you think of the train wreck that it was, it really wasn't as bad as maybe you sometimes look back on. Like you said, so many injuries, so many issues with COVID, so many players that didn't even play at all the entire season, especially on the defense. Um, Cam Cam really struggled after he dealt with COVID. he didn't play great before, but he really, really struggled after COVID. Like, he just broke down and was not the same. Um, so I expect Cam this year to be on a very short leash. Um, I could see him struggling in, like, literally six games in, five games in. If they're, like, two and three, two and four, I could definitely see him switch into Mac Jones. Um, but I, I do like the team, though. Like you said, they went on, like, a free agency bonanza. Bill Belichick, clearly last year, you just noticed that, team's talent level was way down they had the worst the worst weapons in the nfl last year the weapons were terrible um they had no one to throw the ball to so they went out you know they got johnny smith hunter henry nelson aguilar on offense they got judon Jalen mills kyle van noy 
when I look back on them last year, they were seven and nine, but they dealt with so much shit. Um, so I actually, I think I like them over the nine and a half. I take them kind of as like a 10 one team this year. Yep. I think, I think the Jones will come in and I think he'll manage them fine. Um, I don't know if you agree that Mac Jones will come in, but I personally think he will. I think he'll manage them fine. I don't think he'll play lights out or anything like that, but I think this is a 10 win team in my opinion. I agree. If you can get the number at nine, I would. I think I would take it as long as there isn't some like big injuries here in like preseason, um, and you want to tie up your money because this is this team's interesting to me. I mean, straight off the bat, Bill Belichick got back to the basics. He spent a lot, which is new, but he got back to the basics, and that is, I need good tight ends. The number one trait among good offenses is a good tight end. And Bill Belichick has known that since he was a head coach with the Browns. And you definitely saw that in the system he ran with Gronk when he went after and got Aaron Hernandez, when he had uh, Watson early in Tom Brady's career. Like, he understands the importance of the tight end position. So those were his first two signings, Hunter Henry and um, Smith, which were big deals. Now, are they the greatest tight ends in the league? No, but they add a huge dynamic that they just didn't have last year. Um, and you're right with Cam Newton. He started off the season well, and then COVID very much affected him. And then he did not play well. But the one thing that he did do very good was deep balls. He was the number one quarterback on accuracy with passes above 20 yards last season. Um, it was the only area that he was good. The rest of the areas, he was really kind of in mid to high 30s ranked um, on accuracy and other kind of areas. But the deep ball was very good for him which you pair him with Nelson Aguilar, who isn't the best. But last year, he had a he was a big kind of deep threat. Um, he had a career high, uh, 7.5 yards average depth of target. He had 18.7 yards per catch, which was a career high as well. Um, he produced the fourth most points in the league on throws over 15 yards downfield. So you get Cam a big kind of weapon. And you look at the numbers. Cam also, when you break down Tom Brady's numbers the year before, eerily similar. Now, I'm not saying Cam Newton... I kind of agree with you. I think he's going to make it about halfway and then the body's going to start to go and you're going to see Mac Jones and he's on a short leash. But I'm also not hating Cam going into the season because of what he had to deal with last year between COVID, a depleted roster, no real weapons. I mean, he lost Edelman early in the season, his only real weapon. Um, so it's hard to evaluate him. He's also in a new system, a weird offseason. I think he's going to be better this year, but I also agree because we, we've seen Cam. He's not Lamar Jackson where he's avoiding a lot of big hits. He encouraged big hits in the early in his career because he was just so overpowering. Yeah. He was a defensive end playing quarterback um, size-wise. So he, yep. the body yep. is starting to break down, so that is concerning. But I think he's going to be better, and I think that deep ball accuracy, pairing him with Nelson, gives him something downfield to work with this season. And then you mix in the tight ends. This offense is going to be much more revamped, which is why I like than over the nine wins. And we haven't even gotten, I haven't even really gotten to the defense yet. Would you get players back like Dante Hightower? You add a, yep. a, a pass rusher in Ronnie Perkins um, in the third round. You're getting Kyle Van Noy back. You add him with Chase Winovich, who was really their big edge guy last year and played fantastic. You get Matt Judon. You got C.T. Jackson, who's a fucking stud out at corner. I mean, PFF has him as allowing the lowest pass rating in the league. Um, the team is interesting. Now, how all the pieces are going to fit is the interesting part. The O-line's decent, but I like nine wins. I think that's easily doable, close to 10. 
Yeah, I think so too. It's it's weird because it's not a typical Patriots team that's put together with like a massive free agency like type offseason. That's not a typical Patriots thing. But I just think you know the fact that they went seven and nine last year really at the time seemed terrible. But looking back on it, it's almost like that was almost impressive that they even went seven and nine. That team was just destroyed up and down the roster. So I, yeah, I like their chances this year to just have a pretty good bounce back here. Yep. And you've got, I think, Bill, you know, there's incentive to kind of flex the muscle here this season yes. and see what he can do, um, especially with the talk. I mean, two two guys in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick who are very much motivated by outside talk. I mean, you saw Tom Brady in his interviews this week wanting to flame teams this season who wouldn't take a chance on him. Bill Belichick's the exact same way with everybody saying it was Tom, not Bill. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. And you look at the schedule. It's it's tough, but there are a lot of winnable games for them in there. Yes. Especially in a division that is not very good um, overall. I mean, Bills are very good. We're going to get to the Dolphins here in the thought. But I, I like this team, and I like what they did. The spending money was interesting. I love that they went back to the tight end. I mean, that's 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 what makes that drink stir in New England. It has been for years outside of you know the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, yeah. But it's, it's good. They do have – yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a decent schedule. Um, for them, I think so. All right, I don't know if you had anything else before we move on there, but those nah, are kind of my thoughts. Cool. All right, the Dolphins, the surprise of last year, I would say for sure, and how well they played. Ten and six. Their win total, I saw, it was sitting at nine and a half. What are your initial thoughts on them? <laughs> well, I mean, we know what the the big factor with the Dolphins is. I mean, it's mostly Tua. Um, they're an interesting team, though. The, the, the schedule's pretty tough in the beginning, especially basically through like mid-November. But then towards the end, they kind of have a breeze at the end of their schedule there. But um, a big portion of the team's success definitely relies on Tua. Last year, he was very hot and cold. He kind of started to get careless towards the end of the season, started to really turn the ball over after not really turning the ball over at all. Um he, just, he wasn't really flashy. He wasn't really pushing the ball down the field, playing very aggressive. Although he had a good record. I think he went like 6-3, and three, but he just, it was just kind of a weird game that he was playing. I do like his weapons this year, though. Um, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, I think is going to be a stud. Mike Jusecki at tight end. Um, so I do like those weapons. None of them are exactly, you know, Will Fuller is pretty good. Parker's pretty good. None of them are proven studs, but I mean, I think they're all very good, and I think Waddle could be really good um last offseason i know they did a ton to address their offensive line and it's pretty much it didn't do anything their offensive line was terrible because they did so much to address it last offseason they couldn't really address it this offseason so that's my big concern for the team especially with Tua, because he's pretty injury prone as we know he's he's, he's smaller he's on the smaller side so I'm concerned about that but i don't know this team you said you had them at nine and a half I had their win total sitting at nine and a half is what I saw one line at. It's it's tough to say. I mean, they had a really good defense last year. Um, but I know Xavier Howard is he's holding out right now, which has been a yep. big concern. It's be resulting in a trade, and that would be a huge blow for that defense. I mean, Xavier Howard is locked down. He will lock down an entire half of the field, whoever he's covering, all game long. So if they lose him, that would be a huge blow. I just am concerned about Tua and how he's going to be able to run the offense. I, I, I've kind of gone on record and said I, I 
have concerns about Tua in the NFL. Um, I'm going to actually probably go under nine and a half. I see this team kind of being eight to nine win team. I I like the offensive weapons, but there's just I don't love the quarterback. I don't love the offensive line, and I'm concerned about the defense if they lose Xavier Howard. I think you hit all all the key points there. Not a, not a lot of disargument here once again. Um, I think this is a team that's due for a regression. I mean, yeah, you're right. Tua is is the X factor. I mean, it, their success lies heavily on them. But last year they got bailed out big time by turnover luck. I mean, they forced a lot of turnovers. They were they were, um, also recovered a lot of turnovers. Some of that luck, some of that not. But anytime a team relies heavily on turnovers to win football games you kind of expect that to regress the following year. It's hard to duplicate turnover success like that year after year, especially when Howard, your best player on defense, and for whatever reason, I guess the Dolphins just hate having good secondary players because, you know, they trade Fitzpatrick, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. They're looking to get rid of him. I mean, I don't know if they've noticed, but it's kind of hard to find those guys. They're a dime in the dozen in a league that is progressively becoming more pass-happy. I don't understand. Right, and I believe he's only 28. Yeah, so I'd pay him. Yeah, I'd pay him too. I, like these are these are not positions you just give away willy nilly. Now, if you're doing it to trade for Deshaun Watson, which I initially saw before his legal troubles, okay, the trade off there may be worth it. Um, yeah, because of the player you're getting back. But that's about it. Um, Tua, I'm with you. I I was never a Tua, Tua fan. Um, so you know, I'm gonna kind of put that out there that I am a little biased. I don't think he's gonna succeed in the NFL. If they want him to succeed, though, they are definitely giving him weapons to do so. They have a very explosive, potentially, offense here, especially on the deep ball. They have Will Fuller, yes. who, until he pulls his hamstring midseason, is a take-the-defense, <laughs> top-off-the-defense. And then you have yeah. Waddle, who can really stretch the field. And you're pairing him with Tua, who he's familiar with in, in college. So you're setting up for big plays, which Tua is an aggressive quarterback in college. He likes to throw a deep ball. Um but I have concerns about his ability to hold up. I also have a concerns about how just how bad he was on like third downs. Um, yeah. This team has got to get better at giving him more manageable third downs. If that's passing more in first down, which he's very successful at. Um, when you look at his numbers, he's much more successful passing early than later. Um, so setting him up in bad passing situations isn't great. Last year's hard to evaluate rookie quarterbacks too, because you had a weird off season. You didn't have you, because of COVID. He's also a guy who's coming off a very serious injury. So I, I don't think there's a fair evaluation yet of him, but I just, if you want to set him up for success, you're sort of seeing it, but they're still off. I mean, they still need to build up that offensive line. Austin Jackson, the left tackle, is the only player on that offensive line that say, I would say is worth his salt, like at all. That's a bad group. Wide receivers are good, though. Running backs could be a little bit better. Tight ends are, are decent there, obviously. Um, but that is the concern. It's the Tua factor. And he did not rank well last year in really any statistical category. It just it wasn't a good time for him. No, he didn't. I, I would not let the six and three record uh, confuse you or anything because it, it, he didn't. It wasn't really because of him. Um, I just think this team is just huge in regards to boom or bust, and I'm just leaning more towards a bust. I agree. I agree. I see regression here. I don't see them um, really progressing here. There's just too much going. Now, they could be good in a couple of years, but I just. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, the other thing we didn't mention, I mean, he was another huge reason for their success offensively. Um, he played yeah. phenomenal last year. I don't know if you mentioned him or not. I'm sorry, I may have blanked that out. Um, but that's another guy. Like, it's just, the production was heavy on him. So I just, I don't have a lot of good things. I'm going under here. I think this isn't a team, once again, that's, I think we see a, a regression with them. But I also think Brian Flores is a great coach, and the defense will play well, and he's a good fundamental coach. It's just the pieces and the talent aren't there to compete. 
Yeah, agreed. All right, let's talk about the team that won me money last year, the team I think most people bet to win last year this division, which was a pretty solid bet, safe bet, I would have said. Um, it was my big one last year. The Buffalo Bills. They were 13-3 and three last year. Their win total sits at about 11, 11 and a half last I saw. Coaching is amazing here. That's my biggest takeaway. This coaching staff has done a phenomenal job. The moment Sean McDermott walked in that door four years ago, you could sense this team was on the up and up, and they have been doing so. Brian uh, DeBall, did I pronounce that right? Brian I don't know. I'm terrible at pronunciations. The offensive coordinator has been fantastic. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get a head coaching job last year. I don't know if he'll be a good head coach, but he's done all the things that you would would normally get a coach, a head coaching job. I mean, he took Josh Allen, who most of us saw as a raw product, probably not going to be a great quarterback, but a decent quarterback, and made him into a guy that we were talking about MVP at one point. Um, where do you see the Bills at? Where are we kind of going here? I like this team. This is a this is a fun team, in my opinion. I like them kind of for years to come. Even they have some tough games. They have Chiefs and Titans back to back. I think both prime time. Those are gonna, those are gonna be two awesome prime time games that we're all gonna get to watch. Um, Chiefs yep. Titans against the. But uh, then they have they have Bucks. Your Bucks as well. So that's gonna be a great game. But overall, the schedule is not too terrible, um, especially for a 17 game schedule with at the number sitting at 11. Um, I, I do like this team. You know, quarterback, obviously, as you mentioned, Josh Allen blew up last year in year three. A lot of times for quarterbacks, year three is a pretty big year. So it's, it was great to see him blow up that way. Um, you know, can he do it again? I think so. It's kind of hard to have a year like that, kind of not be able to repeat it. Um, I mean, we have seen it before, but I, I think he's, you know, he's got great weapons and they brought in Diggs. Um, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is like a quarterback. It's like, best friend he's so good at getting open within like seven yard you know just like seven yard routes he can get open uh like they have cole beasley you know when he's not making controversial comments he's actually pretty open yeah, um, as long as he doesn't catch covid <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, him and sanders beasley and sanders they're both very similar players very shifty very quick quick getting open routes um kind of a quarterback's best friend type situation they just have a perfect set of wide receivers you know they have the alpha and digs and they have both they have those two um running back and it's okay you know Singletary, zach moss and brita you know but today's nfl i'm never overly concerned about the running back course really um you can i don't want to say you can get anyone to do it against you know not everyone's a stud but almost everyone could do it yep um I, I just like this team they didn't lose any huge pieces and they were very good last year. The defense was okay. Ed Oliver has actually been just very disappointing. Um, yep. Which is shocking. To him. So we're still waiting for him to come out. But a 17-game season, I love over 11 or 11 and a half. I, this, is, this is a top three team in the NFL, in my opinion. This is, after the Chiefs, this is, my opinion, the second-best team in the AFC. I'd agree. I mean, it sucks because they're in. The AFC is better than the NFC this year, I yes. think top to bottom that's not even controversial and the bills very much do not benefit from that fact because they just there's so many good teams in front of them but this is a team that you're right they didn't really lose a lot um and they gained some key players in some key areas um emmanuel sanders to begin with i mean i love what this bill teams did to begin with they were like we have a quarterback that can throw the ball to the moon 
Let's go out and get him a guy that can go under and run it and get digs. And then they added Sanders to that, and you're just you're pairing him continually to have success. Um, Josh Allen was incredibly impressive last year um, compared to years prior. He moved in the top ten in most categories, like from an accuracy standpoint. He became really accurate against man coverage, which I thought was interesting. He was the eighth best quarterback against man coverage from an accuracy standpoint. Um, the guy played so much better. And, and the OC there, I can't say it enough, has done such an incredible job of developing him, of, of adapting. They added more pre-motion kind of snap stuff. They also, fun fact about the Bills last year, they only punted 40 time, 42 times this season, which there's only been one other team since the NFL shifted to 16 games to punt less than 42 times, and those are 90 Oilers. Like, pretty interesting little fact there. Wow. Um <laughs> They incorporated a lot more play action, which helped Josh Allen last year. So once again, they've been developing him and they've tailored the offense. They they didn't get stuck in their ways. They saw, hey, we need to make adjustments, and they went out and they made the adjustments, and that helped. Um, and the biggest thing you biggest credit to that coaching staff because I I cannot say enough about them. Their ability to adjust on the fly. I went down. I bought a Warren um, Sharp's book. And I tracked down their statistics. On the first five minutes of the third quarter, they are basically either first or second in just about every category. Meaning they come out in the second half, they see what you did, and they made an adjustment. They're second in scoring, second in touchdowns. They are number one in turnovers as far as not not turning over the ball. They're sixth in punts. They're fourth in yards. Like, they are just... They make adjustments. The coaching staff is so good there. I think Leslie Flager on the defense does a good job. The offense does a great job. Um, coaching makes a difference here, and you're seeing that. And the roster is – they didn't lose much. They got a good offensive line. They got good weapons. Like you said, the running back position isn't strong. You don't look at that running back room and go, man, that's a good running back room. But you look at it and yeah. you go, they get the job done. And that's all you really need. The secondary is good. The front seven is concerning on the defense. Um, I mean, Edmonds is a stud. But the back end is very good. The front seven, front seven is, I don't know. Uh, they need to be able to get more pressure um, up front. I think to really take that next step and be a Super Bowl team. Um, you're not going to beat the Chiefs if you can't get pressure. You're not going to beat potentially the Browns, depending on, on. I'm very high in the Browns this season. If you can't speed up Baker Mayfield's internal clock, if you let him sit back there and pick you apart, that's going to be a problem. Um, so that's the area I think they have to most improve if they want to be Super Bowl contenders or potential Super Bowl champions. But I think they're a contender to win the AFC once again this year. Yeah, I think so. I think you said it well. Um, I think they're kind of be most likely going to be a team that's going to have a lot of shootouts. Um, they'll probably win most of the shootouts, but yeah, their their issue is their front seven. They don't get a ton of pressure, and you know, in the playoffs, you know, a lot of times, you know, defensive line domination is kind of what wins it. Yep. I mean, you build you win championships sort of like you build houses. You you have to have a good foundation. You're not gonna have a good house if you don't have a foundation. You're not gonna have a Super Bowl team. Just look at my Bucks. I mean, they made Patrick Mahomes. It's true. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have much of an offensive line, but like still, like they brought the house and he struggled. So um, this is kind of what you need. I do like the Bills' win total here. Uh, like I said, I'm heavy on their coaching staff. It's super good defensively. The player I would look for the most improvement this year is Jerry Hughes on the pressure side. Um, he was 22nd last year among edge rushers in pressure rate, second in pass rush win rate. Um, so look for him to kind of be the big, I think, linchpin there. But I like the Bills. I mean, they're my they're my pick to win the division. I, I sense it's your pick to win the division. I don't see oh, much yeah. regression here. I think if anything, they're going to get better um, with what they've added, um, if that's even possible. I, I mean, it, statistically, it might 
regress a little bit because they're so much higher offensively than they had been in years past. But it's I, I don't think that it takes off much there. Yeah, no, they're they're one of the best teams in the NFL, in my opinion. I agree. All right, so we've got what Bills. I think the Pats might finish second here. I, I, I have the Pats, too. Dolphins, three, Jets, four. That's what I got. As always, we just have a lot of controversy on this show between hosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like it. I think that's good. I think that was a good breakdown there. Um, I don't know if you have anything else in the NFL before we move on. Quick hitters into the NBA. Do you have any other final notes there? No, we could do some NBA. Let's talk NBA. Giannis is the goddamn king of the world right now. I could not be honestly happier for the man. He's got a great story. Um, it, what he did, that might, I don't know if it's the greatest. People point to like the Michael Jordan Utah game, obviously. But as far as closeout games, that might be one of the most memorable closeout games I have ever seen. That man dominated from tip yeah. to finish. And he made DeAndre Ayton look like a bucket of water. Um, hell, the whole Phoenix Suns team, for that matter. Um Incredible playoff series for them. Incredible for Giannis. Just insane. I, I mean, it, I was extremely happy for them, to say the least. Yeah, it was awesome. Giannis, Giannis is clearly an awesome person. But yeah, from the tip to the end of that game, he was possessed. Just just dominating everyone down low. Just throwing everyone out of the way. Um, he played great. I, I don't want to be a, a party pooper here, but everyone now is like saying, because you know, he had two MVPs and he won... The, the finals, now he's automatically the best player in the face of the NBA. No, he's not. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a party pooper. He's, he's top five maybe, but this does not automatically just make him the best player in the NBA. No. <laughs> like, other than that, you know, yeah, he that was an incredible performance. Um, one of the best performances in, NBA, in recent NBA history, maybe all time. That was awesome. Yeah, incredible. I agree with you. I was hearing that talk. I mean, are we forgetting about a man named Kevin Durant out there? I mean, the, yeah, the, come on. Like, what are we talking about here? Hell, I I put LeBron over him too. I mean, Giannis is phenomenal. There are some arguments out there that I was hearing where maybe he could be top three. I, I won't oppose that. Definitely top five. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely not the best player. One of the faces of the NBA now, I think for sure. He did definitely rubber stamp his kind of face oh, yeah. on the NBA. I wouldn't say the face. The biggest thing he's going to have going for him, though, now, which is kind of a stupid thing when we talk about the super teams and kind of what happened in the context of injuries and stuff, but he did win it without, you know, loading up a team, and that is going to buy him so much. Sort of like Dirk when Dirk ended up beating LeBron. Yes. Like, his legacy is now going to be amplified due to that. And it, I mean, you saw it with him and Chris Middleton, who came to the team at the same time. They built it together. It it did, I'm not going to say it felt more, but it felt more genuine in their celebration than when you saw, you know, Kevin Durant celebrating with Golden State or things like that. Like, right. it, it just, it felt, it felt like a bigger moment. Um, I'll yes, say that. it did. And it would have helped, though, if they had beaten the super team because I think the yeah. moment would have felt back to who won that finals, which is probably why it was such an awesome finals. Um, but yeah, Giannis, I mean, everyone always, you know, he was already extremely popular in the NBA, but everyone now is seeing just how likable he is. And yeah, yeah. just, and just an awesome dude. Like, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to any city, anywhere, and he decided to stay in Milwaukee, which is not like, I hear Milwaukee's great, but let's be real. Like, if yeah, you're an NBA it's superstar. Not Miami. Yeah, it's not Miami. It's not LA. It's not New York. Like, it's not a major city state. Uh, yeah. City state. City. Uh, yeah, definitely not Miami. <laughs> so, uh, it's nice. It was nice to see. 
we'll see what they can do. The dynasty talk, I saw some people asking the question, which just seemed ludicrous. Like, no, there's not going to build, unless they get another big player and build a super team, there's not a dynasty there. It just, it isn't going to happen. And, you know, we had a great NBA playoffs, but I'm hoping next year's NBA playoffs comes with more health overall because literally every star is dropping left and right. So hopefully next year, you know, all teams are fully loaded because, yeah, you know, I just, we want everyone to be healthy. I agree. I agree. Um, Any other final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Nope, not really. My only thought is I hope TJ cheating Dylan Shaw takes a nice knee to the face this weekend. If all of you uh, UFC fans are out there, TJ Dillashaw is making his debut return. I have zero respect for the guy. Anytime you cheat in a sport, anytime you cheat in a sport that dangerous by using performance-enhancing drugs, where literally you're trying to physically impose your will on another human being and you're using those types of drugs, I was all respect for you. That includes John Jones. He is still one of the greatest fighters ever, but he will never be the greatest in my book because of it. But TJ Dillashaw... I hope you take a nice knee to the face. Yeah, he's a little snake-like. Yeah, hopefully he's got some ring rust. Dude, those... I mean, two-year layoff is a big layoff, especially in a sport that is global like that. Everybody in the world fights. Like, to take two years off and not get time in the ring. We've seen Connor, who took big layoffs, what effect it had on him. Like, it has an effect on dudes. Um, but I do love those clips of Connor, like, back in the day when they did... Um, what is that? Ultimate uh, Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. He's calling him yeah. a snake in the grass. Just the hedonist there. That was French kiss uh, to the future there. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that fight. That's sort of my ending thought. I think it was good. AFC East is going to be an interesting division. Definitely not one of the best. But they add a team to make what is the best conference in the Buffalo Bills to the mix. So, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. And that'll do it for us. And as always... Peace.